I'm Ellen, and I've only ever seen one episode of Game of Thrones, and I had no idea what was going on. Hi, I'm Jaslyn, and I ate way too much pizza this week. <laughs> and we are High, High Expectations. Expectations! So we are here today to talk about one of Jaslyn's probably top obsessions. Is it number one? Easily the number one and <laughs> longest running obsession. So you're very, very, I, I just can't emphasize this enough, obsessed with the band Radiohead. That is quite underemphasized. <laughs> <laughs> How did you put it to me? You were like, have you ever been obsessed with a band? Like really obsessed with a band where you seek out deep cuts and you seek out, seek out live recordings that, you know, on bootlegs and you get incredibly excited and get on the hype train about, what is it? 20th anniversary. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, and I said to Jasmine, I used to like of Montreal quite a bit to the point where I would listen to it and nothing else at high school. And you were like, oh yeah, do you get any of those bootlegs? No. Yeah. <laughs> Got any bootlegs? I didn't B-sides. know. I honestly, I didn't know what a beast. I knew what a B-side is, but a bootleg was until I met you. I didn't know what it was. For any of our listeners that don't know what a bootleg is, what's a bootleg and how did you get them? So a bootleg is typically a an audience recording from a concert or some kind of collection of some kind of like demos that have been sourced somehow and put together in a package. Yeah. Some of them are sold in dodgy record stores. <laughs> but these days you can just kind of download them from the internet. Nice. Did mm. you ever buy one from a dodgy record store? No, but I was... Oh, I did for R.E.M. But I was given some dodgy record store bootlegs from Radiohead. So like of the kind of this level of favourite or fanatical that you get about a band, would you also include R.E.M. in that? And what other bands? Definitely Smashing Pumpkins. Right, of course, I completely forgot. Bootleg, demo, B-side level. Yep. R.E.M., I used to listen to bootlegs and collect B-sides, but I didn't really get too deep, deep. Ready, hip, placebo, and Smashing Pumpkins are my top deep dive hardcore band obsessions <laughs> great with Radiohead had been the longest running or interestingly kind of around the same time do you think there's something in that like you we yeah it's that young it's that age <laughs> where you're an angsty teenager and you're like this band speaks to me and then the internet comes along and you're like oh wow if i look at this band on the internet these other fans they're into that just as much as I am. And they're talking about something. What are they talking about? Oh, this song I've never heard of. Yeah. What is that song? It's a unreleased live track. And you think, cool, that's a, that's a great song. And then you kind of have it in your head like, hopefully one day they'll release that song and I can hear like a nice recording of it. And with Radiohead, that can take anywhere from a year to literally 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's ages. So the first question is probably like not the first, right first question to ask, but what I want to ask is, of the, because you said you had like Placebo and Radiohead and Smashing Pumpkins, what has the biggest following in terms of hardcore fandom? Is it Radiohead? I think Radiohead, especially in present day, I think a lot of the Smashing Pumpkins fandom has dropped off significantly. Right, of course. I think Radiohead has a very big presence on the internet. Fandoms. I suppose they have like a big trajectory as well because they're still making stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas placebo, I find that in the online fandoms to be rather wanting. 
Oh, yeah. And frustrating that they don't give how cross they might want them to be. Band together, yeah. Maybe they're too busy, like, sitting at home being sad, listening to the sea boat. Could be. <laughs> but with... the same could be said for Radiohead, so... Yeah, with Radiohead. <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah, with Radiohead fans are like, let's discuss this tag, let's discuss this thing, let's predict this, here's a meme. And it's just really fun. Oh, I can only imagine what it would be like when they got into the all of the small details of a track. It would probably yeah. go on forever. And where do you predominantly find these kind of forums? Is this on Reddit? So these days Reddit is a big one. In the past there was the Radiohead message board. Like official Radiohead forums that like the record companies would put on. Is that still a thing? I just always hear people talking about forums for musicians or bands and I've never ever been on one. I guess they still happen, but it's definitely, I think, less common now because people care less about forum and more about Facebook. Yeah, and social media. Yeah. Which arguably, I guess, Reddit is as well because it's where everybody can meet. It doesn't necessarily have to be about one thing. There's so many subreddits of essentially anything you can imagine, even an accounting subreddit, which disgusts me, but it exists. (laughs) (laughs) Some types of like Radiohead forums are more about discussion, real deep dive discussions. Others are more about memes. <laughs> yeah. And it's just memes, memes, memes. And they get really obscure. And I laugh at a lot of them if I, if I see them. I used to see them all the time. Now I kind of back off. And sometimes I think this meme is funny enough to share with my friends who aren't like hardcore Radiohead fans. And then you share it and we don't get the joke. Yeah, it's like crickets. <laughs> Whereas my Foo Fighters one today, everyone got yeah, that. Everyone got that one. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Pratt was an amazing Foo Fighters meme of Dave Grohl standing in like a confessional booth going, I've got another confession to make. And the priest is like, stop shouting. <laughs> it's funny even when you say it out loud, maybe. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the meme section of the channel. <laughs> Will we describe the meme unsuccessfully? No. <laughs> Radiohead. Radiohead. You know you talk to a Radiohead fan because they'll tell you. <laughs> nice. So how did you discover Radiohead? Do you remember? I think I first heard Radiohead in the movie Clueless. Oh, okay. What song was it? Do you remember? They play Fake Plastic Trees. Oh, yes. And I remember hearing it and thinking, it's a nice song. But it wasn't like, this is an amazing band. Yeah. And it wasn't until I heard Karma Police from OK Computer that I thought, this is a good band. I like this song. And then I heard Paranoid Android and No Surprises. No Surprises is like my favourite Radiohead song. Yeah. So I get the album. I'm like, I love this album. And I play it to death. And then I get like The Benz and Pepper Honey. As far as I know at the time, that's all there is. And then I started discovering, hey, these EPs. The My Iron Lung EP. The Itch EP. I'm like, what is this? What's all these beach side things? And so I get those as well. And I start like obsessing over those. And that's when you find online, like, people talking about these things. And you start tracking down other B-sides. And Radiohead has an excellent collection of B-sides. A B-side is called a B-side because when the days of, like, a little, like, vinyl 45 RPM Whoa. single... You could flip them over. Yeah. 
you'd play the, the main song, you'd flip it over, play another song. So B-sides came on like, back when they released singles, like CDs or whatever, you might have like two or three tracks. And it would kind of be your, from what I understand, not your um, the headlining tracks, so you'd want your headlining tracks on the first side, the A-side, because you put the A-side in first. Yeah. And then your B-side would kind of be like your lesser tracks, like the ones you probably don't want to release as singles, and the ones you yeah. just kind of fill, not fillers, but yeah. So it could be an album outtake, it could be a live version of a song, or a remix. With Radiohead, it tends to be really good songs that just didn't fit on the album track list. Yes. But as a standalone song, they're excellent. And when you put them together, it's like a little EP, like five or six tracks. It's great. So I started collecting EPs and singles. And then as like internet got better, people could share more recordings. And so I started getting unreleased live tracks, entire concerts. And it was really exciting because I could like see this band and hear like concerts from New York, Los Angeles and London and Berlin. These recordings that were originally intended just for like a few thousand people. And here I am in New Zealand listening to it and it was felt real cool. And now it's kind of like everyday thing. It's gone to the point where I can listen to a, a concert live as it's happening with video and music. And that used to be like a big event on the internet, like Paul McCartney's going to stream a concert. Can the internet handle it? And now it's just like some guy with their smartphone in a concert, it's like live streaming this concert. Yeah. And people listen to it and they expect that it's there now and it's like no big deal. Yeah. But it is a huge deal that it's happening and it's really exciting. I haven't really thought about that before. Yeah. And I can listen to it live and talk to other hardcore fans who yeah. also listen to it live. Yeah. And we can react to the set list as it happens. Yeah. Or any kind of funny moments. And that's a great way to bond with people. And I had that recently where I was meant to be meeting Alan and some friends for dinner. But Radiohead were playing Coachella, which is live streamed on a really good quality video, like official, official stream. And so I was chatting with my overseas friends who were also watching it. And I kept saying to them, I have to go and meet Alan. After this song, I'm going to go no matter what. And the next song is like so great. I think, ah, oh, okay, another few minutes is fine. It'll be chill. And then like half an hour's gone by, and I think I should really go and see my friends now. And I think, okay, so this obsession is now affecting my social life. Yeah. Because I can't stop listening to this concert. But yeah. it was so good. I got to the point where it was like the last encore, and I thought, okay, so there's going to be maybe two or three songs left. I can pretty predict what they are. I'll just go now, and I'll hear the rest later if I want to. I get to Alan's, and like, so I was like, ready for playing Coachella? We started having this like discussion about what's your favorite Radiohead album, and it was very exciting for me because it was like, oh, good, my favorite topic. We can talk Radiohead, <laughs> <laughs> but not to the level that I needed to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And I started to get a little bit nerdy. One of our friends said that talk show host from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack was their favorite Radiohead song, and I said, it's great, but that's not the re original version of the song. That's a remix, and the real version. Is a B-side of the Street Spirit single from 1996. <laughs> when did this happen? I can't remember this. <laughs> You're probably drinking wine, going, why won't Jess stop talking about Radiohead? <laughs> hey, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it right now. <laughs> and I encourage them to go listen to that raw version. If you do want to know it, it's got way better drums and little cat noise kind of things. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's on Spotify and Google Play. Go listen to it. And it's like exciting to like when you meet someone else in real life who is a Radiohead fan, 
you try to like gauge if you're one of those fans or just a regular fan. And so if I meet someone, I'm like, I really love Radiohead. They're like, oh, me too. Yeah. I'm like, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite album? And they might be like, oh, I like Creep. <gasps> and they think, you're probably not a hardcore fan. <laughs> but if they say something like, I really love Where I End and You Begin, or I really love Like Spinning Plates, they might think, okay, you've heard some albums. Then I have followed up with a flag. Have you heard this EP or B-sides that you like? More often than not, they don't know what I'm talking about. But sometimes they're like, oh yeah, I love this EP. It's all great. Then I think, I found one of my people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of finding your people, from what I understand, so you're on these forums back in the day. And that was how you kind of got your radio head fix and you talked to all these people all over the world and a lot of them were based in the states and from that mm. you made a lot of friends is that right yeah i made a lot of friends in the u.s and australia and some canadian friends some i talked for for a while and then as like social media or social outlets on the internet change you kind of follow people other locations and it's definitely a a group that i still talk to on a regular basis and I've gone to visit in person, or they've come to visit me, New Zealand, and it's really cool. And I meet these great people because we both had this like shared obsession, and this made me meet like lovers. I've had various girlfriends because they were really into Radiohead. Yeah. Some of them you might meet through like a fandom. Other other people you might meet because they had like a Radiohead badge right. on their bag, and you think you're a fan. And you can, it's you. A, it's, yeah, it's a good conversation starter. Like, oh, yeah. you like Radiohead. Have you ever had an experience, though, where you thought, because you're saying there were regular fans and there were those fans and you're one of those fans. Have you ever had an experience where somebody was wearing a Radiohead t-shirt, uh, had a badge on, looked like they were one of those fans, gave you, like, a signifier, and then you're like, oh, actually, you're just a... You don't even know what you're talking about. Kind of like people who wear Che Guevara t-shirts and they're like, what's communism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does happen... I've definitely had false positives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I led you down a boring path then, and I'm really sorry because you're on an interesting path. <laughs> no, no. The one time that I was called one of those fans was when How to the Thief came out, which is their sixth album. I went down to the, to the music store to buy it. You bought music in those days. And I said, do you have How to the Thief? And they're like, yeah, we're just unpacking it now. Of course, I got that like, straight away in the morning, of course. And they said, do you want the normal version or the special edition? And I said, I think I better have both. And she kind of laughed and looked at me and she said, oh, you're one of those fans, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of embarrassed at the time, but yeah, I was. And now I'm like, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but like, surely the special edition... Would have the normal version in it, but just some extra stuff? Or would it be, like, a completely different listening experience? Special edition of How to the Thief was literally just the normal album Yeah. with a poster, I think that's what it was. <laughs> a big pull-out poster of a extended artwork. Yeah. So did you buy two copies, or how yeah, did that work? Yeah, <laughs> I think the special edition might still be shrink-wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like of course I'm like I don't know if I've ever bought two copies of anything <laughs> to 
really like Radiohead Special Editions are special. Like the Amnesia Expert Edition is a beautiful book that's like a fake library book. It's got library cards and stamps and beautiful oh, cool. bound cover and pages and it's really special. I can show you it. I've got it, of course. <laughs> the latest release is the 20th anniversary of OK Computer and they brought this amazing box set called OK Not OK and it comes with the album on vinyl, CD, <laughs> a special cassette tape. A cassette? A cass- an actual cassette tape full of old demos, four-track recordings, studio experiments, and things from that. OK Computer Sessions, which to a random fan would sound like a lot of noise and weird shit. But to me, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> this four minutes of bloops and bloops is the original like backing track from True Love Waits. Yeah. And if you take that backing track and you put it over top of the re- the released version from Moonshake Paul, released 21 years later, yeah, it fits and sounds really great. Right, yeah. Or you've put it over um, Polk Paul from Amnesiac, which we had been told uses some like samples from the OK Computer True Love Waits. But we didn't know to what extent. And now we can hear it. Like, actually, Polk Paul is True Love Waves. Right. But at a different tempo. Yeah. And just kind of warped a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy. Yeah. And this, this great thing about this band is that always like gems can sometimes be hidden in plain sight. Yeah. There's a tour documentary called Meeting People Is Easy. And in it, they play some little bits of future songs. And one of them is it's beautiful little clip of a song called I Will. And you now we expected it to be on on an album soon, but it never came out. When Amnesia came out, like Spinning Plates was said to be a reversed version of the I Will backing track. It sounded okay-ish, but you couldn't quite pick it out. And then a few years later, when I Will came out on How to the Thief... <laughs> You could reverse like spinning plates, play it underneath I Will, and you could hear where it kind of lines up. And it was like real nerdery, but it was exciting. <laughs> Alan is nodding politely right now. <laughs> no, no, I get it. What it's what like... you get. <laughs> when you're when fans, try to talk to non-fans. <laughs> I was like thinking just then, I was like, I'm definitely a regular fan. Um, <laughs> but I do like Radiohead. I never really get that deep into bands. I'm just like, I really like the music, but I don't really think about the construction of it and the process of it. And it's almost, I was actually thinking, it's almost kind of academic, the way that you look into it. It's like you've got to kind of get down to that, the very fibres of what it is. And it reminded me of why people will obsess about original manuscripts or, you know, uh, cartoons. Seeing the base of what something, a major masterpiece or a great work of art or something that's so significant to you in your life becomes, yeah. I think, it sounds like, yes, you you like to get right down into the belly of what it is, but also it's it's the appreciation for the finished product, wanting to know all of those processes. Yeah. Just, sorry if I'm putting ideas no, in your head. No, it's absolutely but... right. And Ready for Fandom is rife with that. Yeah. You can go back and hear soundcheck bootlegs of song called Nude, which is on In Rainbows, which was first soundchecked and played live in like 1997 and didn't come out until 10 years later. <laughs> but it was like teased sometimes. 
and you can hear that finished product and hear the song devolve from finished product into just basically scratch lyrics. And that's what we thought we had, right back down to scratch lyrics until this OK Computer cassette tape came out recently, which had another early version of it that was far more formed than we expected it to be and had the real reason why that song was called Nude. Well, and what was that reason? The chorus used to be, what do you look like, nude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we always thought it was called nude because one of the lyrics that isn't there anymore used to be, she stands stark naked. Right. And we're like, oh, nude. Okay, fair enough. But that was a lot more literal than that. Yeah, it was yeah. like, what do you look like, nude? And it's like, wow. It's been this like secret for 20 yeah. years. And it's like something that you thought you knew backwards and forwards, but it turns out that there's... Major yeah. things you didn't even know about it. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, like I guess the reason why I keep into this band is that it's made me meet amazing people. It's made me have a different appreciation for music process itself, and it's been literally life changing. Yeah, I've had like years worth of relationships with these people, and they they're with me through the hard times and good times. I do things that I would never have done if it wasn't for nine radiohead and meeting these people. Yeah. So it's like Redhead is kind of part of the family. Yeah, and and just to expand on that, it's it's this ongoing relationship with Radiohead. Your relationship you've had with Radiohead is longer than a lot of, you know, most of the relationships some people might have in their lives. It is, Friendships yeah. and yeah, romantic relationships. Exactly. Radiohead has always been there for you. Yeah. And there's probably so many memories and, yeah, just, you can just always associate with certain songs and... Right it's just a huge part of your life and a part of your being yeah and like you can always imagine like something from your childhood or some random one line and your friend said a few years ago that always sticks with you I can like quote back between song banter from a bootleg <laughs> it just for some reason like really tickled me and I was always like remembered yeah you know there's a thing from a Toronto concert where Tom says something like if you don't like the song Go go to the loo right now. Go get a beer. Maybe you could get a burger. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't remember that. (laughs) The concept was from like 2000. (laughs) But I remember it. (laughs) Oh, and you've talked to some of the members of the band before, eh? Yeah. I've talked to, I think, all of them. I used to email with Stanley Donwood, who's the artist. Over the years, like, through, like, most of their message board, I've asked them questions. Tom's answered me a few times and, like, got some real valuable, like, information from him. Oh, cool. And... My, my God, your questions must have been, like... Like, I asked him. I was like, what is, this, what is this one line in True Love Wakes mean? Right? <laughs> and he answers it. Wow, cool. I'm like, no one would have ever guessed that answer, but he just... Tell me. It's also really special. I've just been kind of blessed with this fandom and it's weird kind of talking about it out loud because yeah. normally it's like something I talk about in text <laughs> yeah <laughs> with just a few people and I'm like okay here's this thing they understand it and I know there's some friends I can be like oh my god did you hear this this one song this bootleg it sounds amazing like they change this lyric a little bit or they do this like improvisation it's really great and they'll give a shit and they'll go and listen to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whereas most people will just be like, it's cool. 
But I guess, like, there's so much context and there's so many layers to it that those other people who aren't already in the obsession would have to start to obsess to even be able to understand where yeah. you're coming from or the significance mm. of it, which is something I appreciate now. Because before now, I was like, ah, oh, that's a thing. But it's like, it's not just a thing. It's like, it's yeah. this huge part of your life and your identity and your being. Yeah, it's, it's almost like this, like, li- lifelong mystery that I'm trying to solve as well. Because the artwork is a big part of Radiohead as well. Sometimes they'll put these, like, what look like random poems or maybe lyrics or just random words in the artworks. And you think that's cool. And then, like, five years later, the song comes out that has those lyrics in them. And you think, wow, they were, like, showing us a song years ago. And you're trying to, like, decipher what does it mean? What does this mean? What do these clues mean? It's almost, yeah, it sounds like they really play into the fandom yeah, as well. I love it when they do things like that. Like, their websites have always been these amazing, like, rabbit holes of weird things. And sometimes they'll really, like, challenge fans to find out information. And it's quite fun. And there's a video online that talking about Radiohead always reminds me of. It's like a parody animation where a guy's like, have you heard the new Radiohead? And they're like, yeah, I like Radiohead. They're a good band. And the obsession fan goes, no, you don't understand. They're the best <laughs> band. <laughs> this album is going to be amazing. And they're like, yes, I know. I told you. I think Radiohead are a good band. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> I wish I could drink Radiohead. <laughs> I watched this video and I can relate to it a little bit, but I'm not quite that obsessed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty obsessed. That's good though, because you're obsessed and it's something you enjoy, but obsession can turn over into something that kind of isolates you from other people rather than yeah. connects you. Whereas I think yours is like, anyone who likes Radiohead, we can share in our mutual love. Yeah. But if you were like that obsessed, it would be something that might push people away. Does that make sense? Like I, yeah. I've known of people who have been so obsessed with bands that they kind of can't talk about anything else. And, and when people are like obviously getting bored, like you're very sensitive to that those people won't stop talking about them. Or, like, any obsession is yeah, like that, really. Exactly. You know those people, and you're not one of those people. Yeah. I think because talking about Radiohead out loud really needs that feedback back from someone that eggs you on. You yeah. kind of, like, build each other up. Whereas when I've gone to visit some of these hardcore fans in person, we have these, like, great chats. And we can go, like, ages without actually talking about Radiohead because we're just normal people. <laughs> yeah, but then, then like, there's a mood change where someone puts on an album, suddenly it's like it's ready for time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this debate whether the song's good. Do we like these drums? What's this time signature? Like, <laughs> what's the best life performance of this song? Do we like the album track or do we prefer the demo version? Yeah, <laughs> and also which demo version? Should this B side be on the album? And it can go for hours. <laughs> Okay, so I think we should have like a quick fire round. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question and cool. you're going to try to answer it as quickly as you can. Okay. Okay. Favorite album? Okay, computer. <laughs> Favorite song? We're in the new begin. <laughs> Favorite member of the band? Johnny. <laughs> Which one's Johnny? <laughs> the guitar? He's the good. Well, I mean, they're all real special in their own ways, but Johnny is a very, very talented musician. Maybe Tom. I feel the same time for the cliche. <laughs> and like, 
if you watch them in concert, like you, you, you grow to love various members at different times. Yeah. Like Colin's having fun, he's bouncing around. Thomas Thomas kind of serious. Johnny's like real serious but really talented. He'd sing along with the crowd, like it's all fun. Yeah. But I guess like yeah, Tom and Johnny are like the real core. Yeah. So just say Tom. Change my mind. Favorite album artwork. Oh, I took it obscure on this one. My favorite <laughs> album artwork is the non-album covers of the OK Computer era. <laughs> like I really love the No Surprises cover and the No Surprises back cover and like related artworks. Whereas the album cover itself, I'm not that fussed about. But it's, it's a lot of the deep dive artworks that we really had to love. You have to send it to me. Probably won't even be able to find it. But I have a real soft spot for the Amnesiac cover, I guess. I really love that crying Minotaur. Yeah. for sure. But yeah, okay, computer stuff. I just okay. like print it out and put it in my room like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, is there a particular song title that sticks with you rather than just a song? Like, does that make sense? What's like the best title, do you think? Best song title? Yeah. Oh. There's a song called You Never Wash Up After Yourself, which is a really Ooh, obscure I like song. That. But it's I like, it's like it. a thing. Or this song called How I Made My Millions, which is a beautiful, beautiful, pretty much scratch lyric song. And this title doesn't really make sense, but it somehow works with the, how beautiful the song is. You think, yeah. This is how he made his millions. <laughs> it's kind of like tongue and cheek. <laughs> or something like Reckoner. What is Reckoner? They sing about the Reckoner in the song, but you don't really know what the Reckoner is. Yeah. But it's foreboding. Well, I'm glad I asked that question, even though it made no yeah. sense. <laughs> or like talk show host. You know, why is it called talk show host? I don't know. It sounds cool. It sounds cool. Yeah, Exit. What's that one? Exit. Exit Music for a Film. Exit Music for a Film. That's a good yeah. name, too. It's a good name, and it was literally written to be Exit Music for a Film. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's the music that plays during the credits of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, here's a good question. When's the best instance, in your opinion, that Radiohead featured in film or TV? Yeah, Exit Music for a Film has been used recently in Black Mirror. Great, quite great effects. Oh, yeah, and the Shallop and Dance. Shallop and Dance episode. Yeah. Very kind of tragic ending, and that's kind of playing. I can't really think of a lot of instances where Radiohead were used in films now, but it, it sounded really nice and clueless. I think there's like a reference to them being sad or something. Yeah. Radiohead have been trying to do a Bond theme for years, and they wrote a song called Man of War, which is one of the fabled, like, never released songs, and it's finally being released on OK, Not OK like 20 years later, but they submitted it to be the theme for Spectre, the recent Bond movie, and it was rejected for being an older song, so they wrote a new song called, called Spectre, which is beautiful, amazing, great orchestra in it, and it was ultimately rejected and replaced with a Sam Smith song. Oh! Gross, right? But if you play Spectre against the opening credits for the movie Spectre, it lines up perfectly. <laughs> Fuck you, Sam Smith. <laughs> Favorite video clip I already had. Ooh, Camera Place. <laughs> I think because it's just so such a simple concept, but so scary and mysterious. Everyone's there's a guy on the ground and everyone's standing around him. Oh, that's another great guy. Oh, that's the wrong that's one, for, is it? Okay, there's a that's for Just. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. And just 
and just a pedestrian's lying on the footpath or sidewalk and people are like are you okay and it's fine i'm fine leave me alone and they're like why are you lying down and then everyone's getting really upset that he won't say why he's lying down and they're trying to offer reasons he's saying no to all of them and eventually of course during the climax of the song he whispers to them like why he's lying down and then at the end of the clip everyone's lying down <laughs> and they've never said what he says but, i um, bet he says something that like just makes them feel like life is worthless he said that as well like they were like I get it right. You think nothing, nothing's worth living for. Like, what's the point, right? He said, no, it's not that. But it's something you know, really quirky that made everyone think, shit, I need to lie down now. I don't know what it is, but... And and can you place, see his lips move when he tells someone? You see them move. And but I think it's kind of chopped up. Oh, yeah. And of course, there's like lip readers who have said, oh, he says, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why. And then it's like nothing. So who knows? It's a great mystery. Oh. And like, what does the guy say in the end of the Just video? It's like one of those like cliche radiohead questions. Yeah. <laughs> and they've never answered <laughs> they've it. They've never answered it. It's probably they probably don't. And Karma Police, <laughs> this guy is being followed down like a dark rural road. Finally turns around and sees this line of petrol going from his feet to the car. So he sneaks a match out from the back of his pocket and lights the fire. The petrol and the fire goes down and envelops the car and ends and it's kind of creepy Ready he released this video for Man of War recently where a guy is dressed exactly the same as the guy from Kamafu's video he's walking around this town kind of being followed by people and it's obviously some kind of homage yeah who knows why but On the, <laughs> it's cool the Burn the Witch one's pretty good too oh, Burn the Witch is awesome that's a claymation video based on a cartoon called Trumpton. Yeah, this like mayor is showing this inspector around a town and then he gets shown this gigantic wooden man and he climbs up the man and the light on fire and but they just watch him burn, yeah. Watch him burn. But it's a really quirky video and quite fun. Yeah, it's very yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> they do good videos as well. Alright, I feel like that's enough questions. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's sticking ready hit now. <laughs> well that was really awesome. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Welcome. Goodbye friends. Bye. Hi, this is April and this is Steph from The First Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on a post. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Have, Have a, a great, great week, mate. Was it not recording? Well, it was recording. It was quite quietly. Oh, okay. But you know, let's go with it. No, that's cool. We can start again. Start again. We've done, <laughs> we done the whole episode, and I was like, "Is the microphone? <laughs> we didn't record anything." I'll be so mad. I'd be like, guys. "I have to sit here and listen to your radiohead shit and pretend <laughs> I haven't heard it before." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good actress. <laughs> I'm April and I'm Steph and we're from the first podcast. Do you like pop culture news reviews and discussion? Have you ever ventured into the world of celebrity fan accounts on Instagram? Do you also admit to a reading erotic fan fiction as a teenager or even as an adult? Can you list at least five of Harry Styles's questionable tattoos? Then we're, we're the, the podcast, podcast for you. you. Every few weeks we get together and talk about what we're enjoying or what we're looking forward to in the world of TV, film, music and more. 
You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher by searching for The Thirst Podcast. And you can also find us over on Twitter at The Thirst or on Instagram at The Thirst Pod. Listen to an episode and let us know what you think. Bye. Bye.